You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunkin' with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode of Locked on Wolves is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. Today, we will talk about the Wolves loss in Oklahoma City on Saturday evening. Of course, they won on Friday, so they split that two-game set in OKC. Um, we I did do a uh, a weekend, a special weekend edition post game pod after Friday's win. So if you missed that, go back and listen to it. It posted early on Saturday. Uh, but today we'll talk about Saturday's loss. And then I also want to peek ahead at the Wolves Mavs game this evening, Monday night. Um, the Mavs have lost seven of nine and are a little bit vulnerable given some of their recent issues. But the Wolves are likely to not have Carl Anthony Towns again tonight. So we'll talk about that matchup as well. Uh, but we'll start with the game in OKC Saturday. We'll do studs and duds from that game and then move on to the Wolves Mavericks matchup. First, a quick reminder off the top, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves. That's at Locked on T Wolves. Don't forget the T. Also follow yours truly on Twitter at at B Beacon. That's two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. And uh, we'll be live tweeting the games here, uh, of course, throughout the week. So um, we'll also today on the show, we'll peek ahead at what the schedule looks like. And, and you know, given when Towns comes back, how many wins this team might be able to salvage prior to the upcoming All-Star break. All right. Um, so Wolves Thunder on Saturday. So this coming on the heels of Friday's game where the Wolves held on late and despite um, some pretty major mistakes down the stretch, including on the final possession when the Wolves gave, gave up a mostly open three-point attempt that would have won the game for Oklahoma City. D'Lo did hit what turned out to be the game winner on Friday with under three seconds to play. The Wolves held on one by two. And then Russell missed Saturday's game due to that nagging quadriceps contusion. So no D'Angelo Russell, of course, no Carl Anthony Towns, still no Jarrett Culver. Um, and the Wolves were otherwise pretty healthy for this game. So uh, they came into the game, no Russell, no Towns. The Thunder did not have Al Horford, who was resting, but they did get back three players who all missed the game against the Wolves on Friday. They got back Shea Gilgis-Alexander, obviously their best player, Lou Dort, um, their best defender, and uh, Theo Maladone as well, all missed Friday's game for a variety of issues, injury slash health and safety protocols. And they all played on Saturday. So... Um, that was obviously a steep hill for the Wolves to climb. And and I don't think that should get lost. I mean, I'm going to talk about the issues from the game and there were many of them, but let's not forget that the, that the Thunder were closer to full strength, obviously minus Horford, Horford, but having Gilgis Alexander and especially Gilgis Alexander and Dort back really mattered, um, was really a big deal for them. So I don't think that should get necessarily lost in the shuffle, um, that, that the Thunder were a lot healthier Saturday than they were Friday. So um, at any rate, the game for the Wolves started out pretty terribly. The offense was sluggish and there was pretty much no defense being played by the Timberwolves. They gave up 43 points in the first quarter, 43 to 24. Um, and it was almost an identical. It was eight, nothing again at the start, just like it was on Friday, but there was no push from the Wolves in the first quarter like there was on Friday. So it got off to a terrible start. The second quarter wasn't any better defensively. The transition defense was just atrocious. There was basically no effort. Um, you could pull up almost any transition basket that the Thunder scored. Um, and, and you could see that the Wolves basically, they would have like maybe one 
one and a half guys sprinting back, right? Like one guy trying, one one guy kind of trying, and the rest of the guys all kind of trailing the play. The Wolves gave up an insane 83 points in the first half, which tied the franchise record for most points given up in a half. And the Wolves themselves, thankfully, got it together offensively in the second quarter and were, were pretty effective. The problem was they'd already dug themselves a 19-point hole. So that meant that the Wolves were down by 21 points at halftime, primarily due to transition defense issues. The Thunder shot the ball fairly well. Um, just as an example of how bad obviously they they shot the ball. Well, I should say that they shot the ball well from the perimeter. Like they were taking advantage of the opportunities the wolves gave them. The wolves only had nine defensive rebounds at halftime, which is insane. It means the thunder basically didn't miss any shots. And when they did, they got a few offensive rebounds themselves. So the wolves are down 21 at halftime. And this could have gone one of two ways, right? It could have kept getting worse or, you know, kind of hovered around that 20 plus point mark or the wolves could have pushed back. The wolves thankfully pushed back, started the third quarter on a 17 to three run. It actually ended up being a 13, 32 to 13 run throughout the quarter. The wolves won the third quarter by a 32, 13 margin. Anthony Edwards and Nas Reed were fantastic. The Timberwolves adjusted their offensive strategy and, and give credit to Ryan Saunders for running much of the third quarter offense through Anthony Edwards, giving Nas a few post touches, probably could have given him more because he was so effective in the paint, especially early in the game. The first three quarters, he was, I, I think he was like eight of 10 or eight of 11 shooting at one point and, and struggled in the fourth. We'll get to that in a minute. But the third quarter, Anthony Edwards and Nas Reed were fantastic and really keyed that comeback for the Timberwolves. And by winning the quarter by 19, that meant they were only down by two going to the fourth quarter. They eventually took the lead a couple minutes into the final frame and they stretched it to six with uh, roughly nine minutes to play in the game. Jake Lehman hit back-to-back threes on basically the same play, um, just above, uh, just uh, really right outside the arc at the top of the key. Um, Lehman hit a pair of threes. The Wolves went up by six. They held on to the lead for the next few minutes up until the f- about the four-minute mark. And then from that point forward, things got sloppy again for both teams. The Wolves kind of stopped getting all those hustle plays that they were in the third quarter, and it was much more split. They gave up some bad offensive rebounds to the Thunder, some second-chance points. Then down the stretch in a tie game, um, or excuse me, with the Wolves down two with a minute left, there were a couple of empty possessions. They had a Nasri turnover. They had a Lehman miss out from three. Thankfully though, the defense locked down. Um, the, on the second to last Thunder possession, Ricky Rubio stripped the ball and got a steal, came down the court, Lehman missed a three. Next time down the court, the Wolves again played the pick and roll extremely well, forced the ball out of, out of Gilgis Alexander's hands and Rubio got a deflection. The ball still got to Kenrick Williams. He had to force up a shot at the end of the shot clock and missed a tough baseline two. And, um, the Wolves got the rebound called timeout. And that meant they got the ball at half court to inbound the ball with just under six seconds to play. And Rubio again was the trigger man. Remember they tried to do this on Friday. They turned the ball over, got lucky when the thunder missed a shot on the other end. I think it was, it was Hamadou Diallo missed a shot on the other end and in a broken floor situation, but Rubio turned it over on the inbound. This time they obviously tried to get the ball to Beasley. He ran off of double screens, was supposed to get the ball right at the top of the arc and have the chance to either drive for the to tie the game or shoot a three to win, but the Thunder switched it perfectly and Beasley was guarded. So Rubio inbounded the ball to Nas Reed, which was the proper read. Reed immediately went back to the basket, dribbled in, had a shot at kind of a little baby hook from really three, four feet away from the basket. There were a bunch of defenders there, but nobody could really contest the shot. Remember, the Thunder didn't have Horford in this game. And um, the shot rimmed out and the Wolves lost. On that final play, 
uh, it was the right read by Rubio to go to Nas. Totally fine with the shot from Nas Reed. Remember, the intent of the play was to go to Malik Beasley, but there's no chance that that ball gets to him. And if it does, by the time Beasley broke open right before Rubio passed it to Nas, he was right out by the timeline at midcourt. So he's, I mean, there's only a little over five seconds to play. And there's two defenders out there because one was with Rubio and you know that they would have tried to trap Beasley or at least send a little bit of help because they would have left Rubio open over allowing Beasley to get one-on-one and get a good shot up. The one thing that could have happened differently is Nas could have kicked the ball back out to Lehman in the corner or Anthony Edwards in the right slot. It would have been a difficult and somewhat dangerous pass given the situation. The Thunder had a bunch of guys down around the paint. There were passing lanes. It looks like he could have done it. But it's hard to argue when you get your guy who, you know, led you in scoring, had a, I believe, career high 29 points in the game, a pretty good look from three, four feet away. It just didn't go down um, and it would have tied the game and sent it to overtime. So no problem with the play call, no problem with Rubio's decision. Nas could have passed it out, but I'm okay with him doing what he did. Um, So just, just a, you know, too bad down the stretch. The execution was bad. The possessions before that, the final possession after the timeout though, it wasn't bad. Um, and they just simply couldn't convert. You can point to a lot of issues earlier in the game, which I want to get to in a second. Um, and I mentioned a bunch of the defensive issues, but I want to talk about some other problems, free throw shooting, some individual issues from earlier in the game here coming up next. Before we do that though, let's talk about 1010. This episode of Locked on Wolves is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, in Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people, and with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Of course, we're covering everything you need to know about the Minnesota Timberwolves here at Lockdown Wolves, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Lockdown Today. It's hosted by the fantastic Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Lockdown Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about individual studs and duds and some of the other problems the Wolves had in this game. Um, Remember, this is a game the Wolves were down by 21 at halftime. So obviously there were some issues. They still ended up only losing by two. They had a monster third quarter. The biggest issues for the Wolves in this game were obviously defense. I talked about transition defense, individual defensive performances. There were some pretty poor ones, especially early in the game. Um, The Wolves didn't really have a solid answer for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They tried Anthony Edwards. Josh Okogie didn't start in this game. He only played nine minutes off the bench after playing nine minutes in the first half Friday and then losing his rotation spot in the second half, lost his starting spot on Saturday. Um, So Gilgis-Alexander got 31 on 22 shots, uh, seven assists, only two turnovers. Mike Muscala was a handful for the Wolves. Remember, Minnesota was... uh, really only played Nas Reed as a true center. Jaden McDaniels was kind of the de facto backup center. Jared Vanderbilt started at power forward, but only played 18 minutes. McDaniels was really good, but the Wolves couldn't slow down Mike Muscala. He had a monster first half, slowed down in the second half a little bit, but 22 points in 24 minutes for Muscala off the bench. And, uh, you know, Ed Davis got three minutes of run in the second quarter, but 
the Wolves basically just had Nas as as a you know, not even, not really a traditional center, but as a true center in this game. And so the Thunder took advantage there. So there were some defensive scheme issues and rotation issues early in the game that, that definitely, um, you know, contributed to, to the, to the 21 point deficit. The other thing we have to point out though, is the 12 for 22 free throw shooting. The Wolves shot 54 and a half percent from the free throw line. The Thunder were 16 of 20. So the Wolves attempted two more free throws and missed, or excuse me, and made four less than the Thunder. The Thunder were 16 of 20. The Wolves were 12 of 22. So that is a, um, you know, they left 10 points at the free throw line. They left four points compared to how many the Thunder made at the free throw line on more attempts than OKC had. And the Wolves, of course, lost by two. So that was more than the margin that the game ultimately finished in. The biggest culprits individually at the line were uh, Josh Kogi was 0 for 2. Nas Reed, 4 for 6. Anthony Edwards, 2 for 4. In fact, of everybody on the Wolves that attempted a free throw, which was, uh, there were, what, nine guys who attempted free throws. The only one that didn't miss a free throw was Ricky Rubio, who was two for two. Everybody else missed at least one free throw in the game, and that equals the Wolves shooting 54.5% from the line, which is not what you want, to say the least. Um, turnovers weren't a huge issue for the Wolves in this game. They they were solid defensively throughout the second half. I mean, the Thunder only scored 37 points in the second half. So you're really pointing to transition defense, some scheme issues early in the game, Um that that led to to this massive deficit. But down the stretch, they mostly played well defensively, mostly took care of the ball on offense. They ended up shooting 33% from beyond the arc. Just, a, you know, um, what? They made the same number of threes as the Thunder and, and attempted three more. So similar percentages there as well. Um, in terms of individual studs and duds for this game, this is another one of those that's difficult. I mean, basically no one came to play defensively in the first half except for Jaden McDaniels. I mean, he was about the only guy you could point to and say, oh, he was good defensively. Jared Vanderbilt was okay. Um, but nobody was really consistently getting back in transition. And there were there were certainly across the board some pretty, pretty serious issues. So it's really hard to point to anyone in the first half and say, oh yeah, they came to play. But in the second half, pretty much across the board, it's hard to find a dud for the Timberwolves. And so, you know, it's a bit of a cop up, but one of the duds for this game is just simply the overall team defense in the first half. And and that can be, you could parse this individually and, and everybody's going to be on that list basically, except for maybe McDaniels and Vanderbilt. Um, but I mean, if you're looking at studs, there's several guys who had solid individual games. You have to start with Nas Reed who had a career high 29 points. He ultimately only shot 12 of 21, which is of course still fine. Um, but he was much more efficient than that leading to the fourth quarter. He had two or three bad misses, and eh, not bad misses, two or three misses down the stretch, makeable shots that just didn't go down. He did only have six rebounds in 27 minutes. He probably should have played more. I mean, McDaniels was playing fine as the backup five, and Jake Lehman was playing fine in backup four minutes. But Nas only played 27 minutes in this game, scored 29 points, and uh, and definitely could have gotten a little bit more run. He did have just the six rebounds, two steals, three turnovers, and missed the potential game tying shot that he easily could have made in the final seconds, but still he gets a stud for this game. Anthony Edwards for his effort in the third quarter, he did finish with a nice line of 20 points, eight rebounds, which is fantastic to see out of Anthony Edwards, four assists, zero turnovers. He also added a steal and a block for him to have a four assist, zero turnover night. And I mean, he played 31 minutes, which was a team high, but still that's a really, really good sign for him or to see from him. This also was a career high in rebounds for him. He had never had more than six rebounds in a game in his NBA career. So seeing him grab eight rebounds was really refreshing. He was eight of 16 shooting, two of five beyond the arc. He was just two of four at the free throw line, but he at least got to the free throw line four times, which is also progress. So 
this was really nice to see after a so-so kind of pedestrian game from him on Friday. So definite, definite progress there. The third stud for me, this is a tough one. And so I'm going to do another, another one of these cop-outs. Um, I just keep amending the rules to this, but Jake Lehman and Jalen Noel both were really good off the bench for the Timberwolves. Lehman had 16 points and five steals. Four of those five steals came in the fourth quarter. He was playing fantastic off-ball defense. Most of those being deflections. Um, you know, he's still a very, I mean, let's not twist this. He's still a very average on-ball defender and has some lateral quickness issues despite his athleticism and his length. But five steals, four of them coming in the fourth quarter, that matters. I mean, that's that's a game-changing type performance. 16 points, six of nine shooting, two of five on threes. He hit those huge back-to-back threes in the fourth that helped the Wolves build their biggest lead, which was six points. He did miss a three on the Wolves' second-to-last possession that was mostly open um, that would have put the Wolves ahead by one and obviously would have made a big difference. Um, but overall, a solid game from Jake Lamb in a great fourth quarter. He played well enough that the Wolves went with him down the stretch instead of Jaden McDaniels. And that is a bone that you could definitely pick with the rotation um, down the stretch in the game. I mean, should the Wolves have had McDaniels in the game to guard SGA for defensive purposes? You could certainly make that argument. Um, and if you wanted to, you could have always put Lehman back in the game after calling timeout, which they did do. So if they wanted Lehman on the court because he was playing well offensively too, um, you know, you could argue whether or not McDaniels or Lehman brings more to the table offensively at this moment in time. Obviously, McDaniels has higher upside um, at this stage in their respective careers. But um, having Lehman on the court for the entirety of, of crunch time basically was an interesting decision, but again, he played well. And so it's hard to, to really argue too much about that in my mind. Jalen Noel had another great game, 15 points on eight shots, six of eight shooting three of five beyond the arc. He's finally starting to find his long range stroke at the NBA level. Again, a pretty empty box scoreline though, besides scoring, he had two rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks. And, uh, just one turnover in 22 minutes, but really good to see Jalen Noel continuing to perform extremely well off the bench. Um, and he, it's going to be impossible to take him out of the rotation because remember as bad as the wolves were defensively in the first half of this game, the biggest issue for them of late has been the offense. It hasn't been the defense. Obviously having Carl Anthony Towns on the court is going to change that eventually when he eventually gets back, but still the wolves need some offensive punch from the wing. It's not coming from Jarrett Culver when he gets back. It's certainly not coming from Josh Akogi, who's lost his spot in the rotation basically. Um, and so Jalen Noel is going to be the guy that brings that to the table. Um, when, uh, even when Towns is back, um, my only individual dud for this game is Josh Akogi. He played just nine minutes, had a team worse minus 10 in the plus minus column. The only thing he did was miss two shots. He missed two shots from the field, two free throws, only had one rebound in nine minutes, no assists, steals blocks and a minus 10 in nine minutes, just a really rough stretch again for Josh Akogi. And, uh, I mean, he's still arguably the Wolves, I mean, now you have to add arguably, but he's still in the conversation for the Wolves best perimeter defender. So it's hard to say he's completely out of the rotation for good or anything like that, but he has to bring something to the table offensively. He has to be, um, he has to find his confidence again to at least be, be with it, you know, be something of a threat offensively. He's not even effective as a cutter right now. He's being indecisive when he gets the ball in his hands. The Wolves have to figure something out with him, but for now, don't be shocked if he doesn't see the court at all against Dallas. And especially once Jarrett Culver comes back from his sprained ankle, how many minutes are there going to be for Josh Kogi now? Which is such a weird thing to say about a guy who was a you know, vital part of this rotation a week ago. But the last week has just been this crazy precipitous decline for Kogi to the point that he's really not even playable at this point in time. Okay, next I want to do a quick preview of the Dallas Wolves 
game on Monday evening. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our great friends at betonline.ag. Hopefully, you took advantage of betting during Super Bowl weekend. I had tons of prop bets on the board, and I did okay. I came close to uh, to 50-50 on my prop bets in terms of my my net. Uh, I Hall's not the right word because I was close to breaking even, but it was a lot of fun betting on betonline.ag props for the Super Bowl on Sunday. There's still tons that you can bet on there. Um, of course, college basketball, of course, the NBA, NHL is fun to bet as well. There's over under right now. Um, the, the totals are a lot of fun to bet in the NHL. If you watch hockey at all, or even if you don't, I'll tell you right now, and they talk about this on the Lockdown Today show, the overs are hitting a ton in the NHL this year. So um, if you're not already listening to, excuse me, not Lockdown Today, Lockdown Bets, be sure to listen to Lockdown Bets and they'll give you all those tips. Um, but right now though, there's only one place that has you covered in one place that we here at Lockdown Trust and that's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Again, NFL, well, I guess NFL is over now, but college basketball, NBA, NHL, any sport really, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Also, while we're at it, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time, bar none. I promise you it tastes like a candy bar. I just got another sample in the mail um, on Sunday, and I'm going to try a new flavor today, and I, I can't wait. It's uh, it's like a chocolate coconut brownie, I believe is what it is. It's not even on this list of flavors, so I can't wait to try it. I've also got a new shipment that I purchased that's showing up today, and I can't wait for it to arrive. There's 18 amazing flavors, although I guess now 19, given this new one that I just received. But uh, you have to try Cherry Barcia, Mint Brownie, Orange, um, Toffee Almond. They're all fantastic. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're perfect if you're health conscious. Um, they're all low calorie, low in sugar, high protein, high fiber, and perfect if you are on a keto diet. Um, right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's go ahead and talk. Uh, let's roll right into Wolves Mavs. And I, I mentioned locked on bets a minute ago, uh, betting on the NBA or the Timberwolves for that matter, if, if you have the stomach for that, doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the brand new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Wolves Mavs. So Dallas has lost seven of their last nine games. They just split two games at home to the Warriors. Of course, they lost on Saturday in that um, that nationally televised crazy Steph Curry game. Curry dropped 57, including 11 three-pointers. Um, it was perfect from the free throw line. I think it was like 11 of 18 or something, 11 of 19 from three. And the uh, the Warriors got to within two points, but ultimately lost to the Mavs on Saturday. But the Warriors beat the Mavs by 31 on Friday night or, uh, yeah, Friday night. Um, so, and before that, the Mavs beat the Hawks by only six. And before that they had lost six in a row. So you're talking about seven of the last nine are losses for Dallas. Their issues are almost entirely defensively. And we talked about this preseason in a couple of our, um, in my, my, uh, win loss projection podcast over under podcast that Dallas's defense would be their, their downfall. I think I predicted them second or third in the West, which obviously now looks, looks crazy, but they still have the talent and they still have one of the league's best coaches in Rick Carlisle. The problem is defense. They're 26th in defensive rating. They're 22nd in net rating. 
across the league, according to basketball reference. And, um, most of the offensive categories, they've been fine. I mean, I mean, their three point shooting's been, been a little bit rocky, but beyond that, I mean, they're getting to the free throw line. They still have Luka Doncic. Obviously, Kristaps Porzingis has been good offensively, except for his three-point shot is a little bit off to this point. But the defense has been awful. I was betting on their defense being a little better, getting Josh Richardson in the fold. Um, you know, obviously, you hope that Doncic is going to improve. You hope that a healthy Porzingis will be solid defensively. They've got some other solid defenders in the rotation. Willie Cauley-Stein, former Timberwolf James Johnson. You would have thought that this team would have improved a little bit defensively. That just hasn't been the case. They've been mostly healthy. Porzingis has only played in 13 games. Um, Maxi Kleba has has played in only 13 games. He came back a little over a week ago from injury. Um, besides that, though, they're mostly healthy. James Johnson's questionable for the game against the Timberwolves. He did miss Saturday's game against Golden State with a sore knee. Um, so he may or may not play. Doncic has been really good. Um I mean, he hasn't quite played to his standards, all, you know, all things considered. I mean, he's shooting the ball roughly. His splits are roughly the same as they were last year. His per game numbers are down a little scoring and rebound wise up in assists. And um, I, I think it's mostly just kind of been efficiency for them all the way around. And uh, and then again, defensively has been has been the big issue. Um I think the big thing for Doncic to this point is he's not drawing fouls to the extent as he did last year. I mean, his, his free throw rate is down significantly and that's impacted his scoring output. Um, as a team though, again, Dallas isn't bad offensively. I mean, they're middle of the pack, which is fine. You'd expect them to be higher, but it's the defense, the bottom five defense that has really been an issue. So even without Towns, as long as D'Angelo Russell plays, um, and at this point, Russell is questionable for the game and Towns is listed as doubtful. So I guess there's a sliver of a possibility Towns plays, but I think the uh, more likely thing is that he plays Wednesday or Friday of this week. I'm betting on Friday just because I think why not give him a couple more days if he's doubtful today, Um, you know, give him till Friday. But at any rate, a Wolves team with D'Angelo Russell without Cat still shouldn't have any problem scoring against Dallas. The problem is going to be slowing down Luka Doncic with Josh Okogie, who, you know, all but out of the rotation. What are the Wolves going to do with Doncic? When they played Dallas in the past, in the preseason, they shadowed Doncic with mostly with uh, with a Kogi that gave Beasley a shot at guarding him. That's not going to be a winning strategy in this game. So will it be a Kogi? Will the Wolves give him a chance off the bench? I, you know, I mentioned earlier, there's a chance he gets a DNPCD in this game. The more I think about it, I'm sure he'll get a chance to guard Doncic. You know, with no Jarrett Culver, your options are limited. Can Jade McDaniels guard Luka Doncic? I think he's going to get a chance. I don't know that he's going to be able to do that, um, given Doncic's willingness to be somewhat physical. Uh, again, free throw rate is down, but he likes to get into the paint, obviously. And McDaniels, as a rookie, has, he struggled a little with foul rate. Are the are the are the officials going to give Doncic the benefit of the doubt on some of these calls? Most likely. Um, so Minnesota's lack of perimeter defenders is going to be an issue in this game, and and I think that's what what puts the wolves in a really difficult spot, not just tonight, but almost any night. Um, and especially in this one with the struggling at Kogi, no Jarrett Culver, no towns to help guard the paint. Um, Nas Reed's going to have to, to stay out of foul trouble too. And don't be surprised if Ed Davis gets some run in this one, trying to stay with, you know, the bigs that Dallas rolls out there, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, whether it's, um, Collie Stein, obviously off the bench for them, more of a pick and roll type big. Boban has been playing a little bit for them. And if he plays, you know, look for Ed Davis to get some run. But this is just a really, it should be a better team than it has been. Dallas is now 10 of 14 after losing seven of the last nine. It's a tough matchup for anybody, especially for the Wolves with a lack of perimeter defenders. So that would be my primary concern in this game. 
for the Timberwolves. I, I mentioned the rest of the week a minute ago. Um, after this game against Dallas, the Wolves are back at it again on Wednesday. They, they don't have a two-day break again here in a while or for a while. They play the Clippers at home on Wednesday. So that would be maybe a possibility for Towns to play since it is back home. And then they're in Charlotte on Friday and at Toronto on Sunday. Um, so thankfully no back-to-backs this week either, but a tough schedule. Dallas today, Clippers Wednesday, and then at Charlotte, at Toronto. So things aren't getting much easier. After that, you're looking at the Lakers, Indiana, and Toronto. So a bunch of winning teams. Charlotte's a fun, young, exciting team. We'll get to hear all the Lamelo Anthony Edwards takes this week as well. Um, so we'll get into that as we get uh, later in the week here at Locked on Wolves. All right, that's all we have for you today here at Locked on Wolves. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Of course, we're part of the Locked on podcast network. Remember the lockdown network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. You can subscribe to this show anywhere you get podcasts, including iTunes and Spotify. You can also follow on Twitter at locked on T wolves. That's at locked on T wolves. Don't forget the T you can follow myself on Twitter at, at B beacon. That's B beacon two B's two E's C K E N. Of course, if you enjoy the show, please help us out with a review on iTunes. That definitely helps get us in front of more eyes and ears. Again, today's episode was brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get 20% off your next order. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.